standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. Coming to you today on the 30th of January, the year of our Lord, 2024. Second episode back after, quite frankly, what this month has been a month to remember. And it is Tuesday, episode 572. That makes it a Texit Tuesday. That's right. We're back. What, Texit Tuesday? And why not? Why not? There's been a whole lot of crazy going on, and I missed most of it uh, last week. So tomorrow, on Wednesday, we're going to talk about the primaries and where we all stand right now and how that relates to us going forward. And on Thursday, I watched a movie over the last week or so that I found quite interesting, and I will share some thoughts from that movie. So please come back, join me for Wednesday and Thursday. As always, before we get into the meat of the program, let me remind you, the best way you can help me continue to make a difference is to help me grow the show. And we do that by like, liking the project, right? Like the show, share the show, subscribe to the show, and if you're feeling particularly motivated, you can rate and review the program. You should join me on the social media. Look, it's not that hard. I post all the programs there that I do. I'm on Facebook. I've got a page and a group. I do my best to interact on anything that shows up in that group or my page. And I also drop in over at MeWe and Gab. And I do appreciate you guys over at MeWe and Gab. It seems to me I get as almost as much attention or response there as I get at Facebook. And, you know, that's okay. I, I want to make sure that we're not putting ourselves in an echo chamber because that's that's part of the problem with everything is everybody just wants to be heard by their fans. I'm trying desperately to stay objective enough, fair enough, and even-handed enough that people that aren't sure will listen. And I got to tell you, it's been really tough these last few weeks to try and remain objective, try and stay even-handed, try and be fair on these subjects. So here we go on with the program. On a Texas Tuesday If you've been following along, we've got lots of drama at the Texas border. Now, I can't help but be both encouraged and cautiously optimistic. And that's as positive I want to be. Both the governor, the lieutenant governor, are in agreement and working together with the AG. And what's interesting to me is I'm not a huge fan of either the governor or the lieutenant governor, but the fact of the matter is they're in charge of things. They make things happen. And the AG, as good as he may or may not be, does take his directives from the state legislature and the governor. They determine what's important, what needs to be dealt with. So what we've got right now is we've got what I will call a symbolic stand in a Texas park. Now, keep in mind and I don't know what the accurate number is, so shoot me, but of the 1,200 miles or whatever it is of Texas border, well, we've shown up and done something at two miles worth of the Texas border. Now, I want to be clear. I don't know what the actual mileage is, so don't quote me on that. It's just an observation that we're making a stand on what is less than 1% of the border. Now, I'm happy that we're doing it. It's appropriate that we're doing it. It's past due that we're doing it. But the question is why? Why now and why there? 
Well, my understanding is this is a state park, so they can claim to have jurisdiction. They can push the feds out. It has been used as a major port of entry, but this has been going on for three years. So the question is, why now? Well, you could say it has to do with the Republican primary election. You you could say it has to do with uh, the governor wants to look good so he can be maybe the vice president. I, I don't really know, and I don't think that anybody really knows for absolute certainty what's going on here. But even if it is a symbolic stand, even if it is a distraction, as some people have claimed, it is something. It is important. But I really want to encourage you to maintain your cool. Don't do anything foolish. Yeah, there's going to be a trucker convoy showing up, allegedly. That's great, but don't do anything stupid. Yeah, there's going to be uh, folks that are going to show up from private organizations and protest and protect the, the border. Great. We need everybody there that we can. Don't do anything stupid. Now, apparently, <clears throat> we're still waiting to see how this is going to sort out with the National Guard. Will they continue to take orders from Greg Abbott? Good question. Will they will they maintain their oath to the state of Texas first and foremost? Good question. I don't think they actually have to follow orders from the president unless unless such time that there is actually a declared war. But but I could be wrong since they follow orders all the time from the feds and they they take the rules all the time for the feds. But I don't think they're actually constitutionally required to do that. Now, somebody might be able to prove me wrong. Somebody might be able to show that up. And look, I'm not going to debate minutiae. Just as a general rule, I think the National Guard is only there to back up the army in a time of war, actual declared war, notwithstanding some of the excuses and uh, workarounds that have been created over the years. But we still have the state guard. We, we still have other options. And again, this is something that's been kind of curious to me. For 10 years, I've been listening to people say that we need to build up the state guard. We need to do more things with the state guard. Heck, I've even volunteered to join the state guard when I was younger and more fit. I'm not as young as I once was, but I'm still relatively fit. And if the state guard were to come a call in, I'd be awfully tempted to join. But I'm not going to go join to stand by and let this stuff happen. I'm not going to go join to stand by and basically be a witness. That's foolish. If we're going to do something, if we're going to push back, if we're going to take a stand, first and foremost, we need to remember who we're fighting. Well, setting aside the globalist bent, right? Because there are a lot of folks that believe this is all being manipulated by globalists, and I can't disprove that, but let's just say whether or not it's true, the enemy in front of us, the obvious problem, are the narco-terrorists down in Mexico that essentially run this, the uh, state, the country of Mexico. We need to deal with them. We can't deal with them effectively unless, well, we do something a little bit more than standing and putting up barbed wire. Now, I don't know what the correct action is. I don't know what the full extent of our abilities or our orders are, but I would like to believe that we could do a whole lot more than what we're doing with or without the Fed's support. There are powers that are reserved, that are preserved for the state. And we've finally got around to declaring an invasion. Now, maybe it's three years too late. I don't know, but we could do something. We should do something and we don't need permission. Right. So the state has this power. We we've spent the first, I don't know, six or eight minutes talking about how the state has this power to protect itself. We've declared an invasion. Let's do so. 
Let's do something more than symbolic two mile stretch. Let's do something more than have this little <laughs> fight with the feds that is largely manufactured for uh, entertainment purposes, in my opinion. But on the flip side, we also need to realize we don't need permission. If we really believe we're being invaded, and I do, then we have every right, every duty within the federal constitution, right? The U.S. Constitution and the Constitution of the state of Texas to do something about that. And you're now asking, well, why is this a Texas Tuesday and not a Texas Tuesday? Well, by the very same reason, if we've got an invasion and we have to step up and deal with it, that has proven that the federal government is not willing to do their duty. They're not willing to perform the tasks that were delegated to it by the individual states and that we depended on them to do their job and they refused to do it. Perhaps then we would be better off going alone. Now, I know there are YouTube lawyers. I know there are other lawyers. I know there are judges that tell you you can't do that. Well, guess what? There was a dictator down in Mexico that said the same thing. There was a king over in England that said the same thing. There was a parliament over in England that said the same thing. And I don't care anymore if it's legal or not. We need to step up and do what we need to do to protect Texas. And, you know, just the point of us protecting Texas does, in fact, protect most of the other country. Because a lot of this nonsense is coming through Texas. And if we prevent them from going through Texas, the other parts of the country don't have to worry about it. Which leads me to wonder... Why is it only 26 other states are willing to support our actions? Why is it only other 26 states can figure out that the federal government has abandoned their post, has violated their oath of office, has <clears throat> broken the contract which created them? The sole most important thing that they were supposed to do is defend the borders as part of defending the Constitution, as part of ensuring a republic in each state, and they have failed miserably. So here we are, the state of Texas, dealing with something that in theory we shouldn't even have to be dealing with. But we can't take that back now. This is where we're at. So why are we asking for permission? Why do we care? Well, in fact, we really aren't asking for permission. We, in fact, told the feds we're going to do this whether they like it or not. Now, granted, it's mostly a show. Granted, it's probably not going to accomplish what a good number of people across this country, this union, this collection of states believe it's going to do. In fact, if Governor Abbott holds true to historical precedents, he will cave at some point. He, he will knuckle under and do what he's told. And now there are various reasons why that might happen. But that's why I said I'm cautiously optimistic. Maybe things have gotten bad enough. Maybe the wind has shifted just enough that Greg will continue to find his spine, metaphorically speaking, and do the right thing and protect the state of Texas and put Texas first. And by putting Texas first, we avoid having to beg for permission. We have to avoid continuously asking for permission to do what ought to be by right, the first and most important thing, which is protect the sovereignty of the state, protect the sovereignty of our country. And after all, it should be abundantly clear at this point that almost the entirety of what goes on in D.C. is at the very least, in my opinion, seditious. Is at 
the very least, in my opinion, treasonous. And I don't say that lightly. But how else do you describe what the actions are that they're not only tolerating, but fomenting? Not only fomenting, but encouraging. Not only encouraging, but rewarding. They're rewarding bad behavior consistently. Come by, violate our laws, come in the country uh, illegally. We'll give you a place to stay. We'll give you free money. We'll give you all sorts of other things. We want you to stay here. Oh, and by the way, if you should pop out some children while you're here, we can't send you back. And well, wouldn't you know it? Those children of yours are now citizens. Never mind they were here illegally and you were not subject to the laws of this land when you were here because you had no business being here. But hey, that's all right. We just ignore the Constitution unless on rare occasions it benefits what we want to do. Welcome to America 2024. Now, how do we get around this? What can we do? Well, we seem to be ignoring the obvious. We seem to be skirting the issue. Texas is a sovereign state and we need to act like it. Now, at least in part, for show, we are doing so under the leadership of Greg Abbott. And it is, again, my cautious optimism that says, good job, Greg. Please do more. Please show us what you're made of. Please show the rest of the country what Texas is made of. But the reason why I remain cautiously optimistic is because we're doing all this over two miles of a park when we have a ginormous border that is largely left unprotected, unpatrolled. And what do we do about it? Not a darn thing. Now I'm not sure what the full solution is. I'm not sure that I have all the answers. (coughs) I'm not sure that there is a specific good answer. I would suggest that we should try a great number of things. I would suggest we get motivated. We get mobilized. Let us utilize and seize the day. Let us do what needs to be done. We need to quit ignoring the opportunities that we have, which is to deal with it ourselves. We don't need the permission of the federal government. We don't need the permission of the president or the Congress. We are under rules that say if we have an invasion, we have every right to repel it. Let's do it. Just let them try and take the National Guard. Let them try and take away the Air National Guard. At that point, do you really think that we in Texas are going to continue to tolerate this? That we're, we're not going to realize exactly what's going on here? Now, this is bigger than just Texas. This is really about the sovereignty of the entire United States. This is really about destroying what's left of these United States. I mean, the socialists, the progressives, the leftists, they basically control 20 plus states. And and there's really no way of ever pulling that back. And you would think they would be content. You would think that would be enough, but no, they want to subjugate the rest of us. And if you think it's not happening in Texas, I'm here to tell you every year, Every day, every minute that you send your child to the government education camps, otherwise known as public schools, they morph and they twist and they push your children to reject the very thing that we fought for, the very thing that many of us swore an oath to protect, the very thing that we cherish most, which is quote unquote democracy, when in actuality it's a representative republic. But let's not even go down that rabbit hole. 
We want for people to have that representation. We want people to have a statement on how their government's supposed to be run. We want to hold these people accountable. But while we're talking about accountable, do you really think that anybody in the district of criminals will ever truly face any kind of justice? And while we're at it, just look at Austin. There's so many shenanigans and so many bad things that go on there. And very few of those people ever see any form of justice because there are no rules for all. There is no justice. There's a system and a rigged system. And some would say there's rigged elections and that may all be true, but it only exists and can only happen if we allow it to occur. Seize the day, my friends. Be a Texian. Stand up, do the right thing. Show up. Now, I'm not suggesting you do anything stupid. Let's be very, very clear. Let's go back to what I said earlier. I don't want you to start something. I don't want you to go start carrying firearms in the places that are not a good idea to have them, whether or not they're legal or ethical. This is a different story. It's not a good idea. It's not a good idea to go heckle and bother elected officials. It's not a good idea to pick it outside of judges' homes. All that's a bad idea. But what is a good idea is a well-staged, peaceful protest. What is a good idea is encouraging our few good representatives to continue to do a good job. What is a good idea is to support good candidates that are looking to replace bad elected officials. Now, here's the issue here. What defines what a bad elected official is? Who determines at what level bad they are to necessitate replacing? I can't answer that for you. I'm not even going to pretend to have an answer for you. But what I am going to tell you is perhaps we should look at is could we do better? So if we get a Texas first candidate, if we get a candidate that's open to, I don't know, letting us vote whether or not we want independence, if we've got a candidate that supports states' rights, if we got a candidate that stands on state sovereignty, these are the kind of people that I want to get elected. These are the kind of people that need to go to Austin and to some extent D.C. And we need to remind them. That Texas is nobody's whipping post. Texas is not going to tolerate this. Texas can and will do better. And if you don't get her out of her way, if you don't stand down, if you don't quit preventing us from doing what needs to be done, we're going to do it anyway. We can do it with you or through you, but we're coming. Now, why do I say this? Why do I put it this way? Because look, I'm a firm believer that de facto independence is easily obtainable is right there for the grasping and we need to take it. We need to take it now. And once we obtain that de facto independence and we bring up a couple of generations of, I don't know, an independent culture, an independence based culture, and we reaffirm what it is to be a Texian and we kick out or send back the people that are not here to do good things that are not here to improve their lives that are not here to serve as reinforcement to Texians, but are here as fomenting socialist unrest. Those folks get to go home. And I don't care if they go back home to Guatemala, South America, China, India, California, New York, Chicago. I don't care where home is, but we can deport them. We need to just think that way. You're not here to help. You're not here to become part of the Texian world. You're here for any number of reasons, but it's not that. And guess what? We don't need that anymore. Now, I also find it very interesting And again, going back to the cautious optimism here, 
I find it very interesting that our governor had traveled overseas to a foreign country to work on bringing more people here. Now, granted, the people that he was looking to import will be very hmm, highly intelligent, beneficial workers. But the fact of the matter is we already have plenty of those people here, both indigenously, naturally, and previously brought here. Why are we looking to import more if it isn't to undermine the culture that already exists. If it isn't to improve on the subservient subculture that has been built up in Texas over decades by both the government indoctrination camps as well as selected immigration. So we're undermining ourselves by bringing in people that have no culture of independence. Now, maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's mean. Maybe maybe you want to call me out on it. That's fine. But how else should I look at it? Because let's not forget that our governor, for better or for worse, does have friends in the WEF. And I know we're, we're dancing the line on getting into this whole conspiracy nonsense. And it doesn't have to be nonsense. And it can still be a conspiracy. And it can be true even if you don't choose to believe it, which is what they count on the people that would be behind said conspiracy. But what is obvious is the people in charge are working against us. The people in charge aren't putting their own people first. The people in charge only want to stay in charge. And while it's very fun and easy to blame DC, right? The district of criminals, Babylon on the Potomac, whatever your favorite disparaging remark is for that area. And it's clear that those people are working against us on a daily basis. And the handful of good, re good conservatives that we send to Congress there or to serve there in some other way, they're overwhelmed. They're subsumed. They're destroyed eventually. And to a lesser extent, we have... The same problem going on in Austin. We send people there that are good, righteous people that want to go fight the good fight and they come back corrupted shells of their former selves. And we have no choice but to send them back because we've given them all the armor and ammunition they need in order to continue to win battle after battle. This goes back to the age old thing. Would you rather win or would you rather be right? Would you rather get a flawed win or a perfect loss. I, there's so many ways of looking at this, but at the end of the day, Texas independence needs to be in everybody's mind. The independence mindset culture needs to be the undergirding base value that we all agree on. And if we can't get there, if we're not moving in that direction, sooner or later, you're not going to be able to retrieve it. As people begin to age out that remember what it was to be free. Well, they remember what it was to have liberties that were real. They remember what it was when people actually knew what a boy and a girl were and didn't confuse the two and didn't tell other people that they could become the other. And they didn't celebrate people's mental illness. When we go back to some form of normalcy, when all of that's gone and nobody can remember that anymore, what's going to be left? What are you leaving for your progeny? What are you leaving for your next generation? You know, it's very fun and easy to beat up on the boomers. They did a lot of things wrong. They did. 
by and large, they're one of the most selfish generations ever. Yeah, we've heard that. But I'll tell you one thing. I know a whole lot of boomers that don't subscribe to that. And they're working their tail off to make up for the things that happened. They're they're pushing back everywhere they can. And I'm glad to call a lot of these people my friends. And I'm glad to work with them. Because we put aside minor differences to get the greater goal. But let me ask you. Does any of it matter? If Texas seizes, if Texas no longer exists, not, not in the minds of the youth, not in the, not in the bosom of the culture, if there no longer ceases or there long, no longer continues to be a Texas, it ceases to exist as both a state independent or semi-independent. If it just gets subsumed into the culture of DC of, of America, what was the point? What's left fighting for? They will have already won. We will have successfully sold ourselves out to our own destruction. How do we take it back? What do we do? We need to stand while we can stand. We need to fight while it's still a good possibility to win. We need to understand that people are going to lose. People are going to suffer. People are going to face consequences. Now, again, I'm not recommending anybody do anything a la January of 2021. Don't be foolish. Don't be deceived. Don't get tricked into doing something that you can't take back. And it doesn't matter what your intent was. It doesn't matter what your true actions were, because quite frankly, the feds don't care. The media doesn't care. Most of your elected officials just don't care. They will sell us all out in a heartbeat. They want to maintain their control, their boot on our neck, and quite frankly, The more people they bring in that are used to being pushed around and abused and like handouts, the better off they're going to be. And while the importation may have a temporary hiccup and may slow it down, the indoctrination program goes ahead full speed. Every person that sends their child to those government indoctrination camps should not be surprised when they come home hating you, hating America, and hating what we stand for. You can make a difference right here, right now. It's going to require a sacrifice. It's going to cost you some money. It's going to put you into a situation where you have to exert more effort than what you're used to. But I'm telling you right here, right now, before the wheels come off, before things get really messy, I believe the term is things go kinetic. Let us make the wisest choices we can. Let us Prevent bad things for as long as possible. Let us ensure our liberty by keeping the peace as long as possible. Let us do everything we can to avoid foolish, juvenile mistakes that are going to cost us. And one of the best and easiest things we can do is continue to advocate both for Texit, a vote for Texitus independence, a vote for getting heard, Pushing on both parties, pushing on any party, pushing on every elected official that we deserve to be heard. We deserve to be represented. Do it now while we still can. Train up your children to be wise. Ensure a mutual respect and an importance of the culture of independence. Now look. We can't fix everything everywhere. We can't make all the difference on our own, but we can 
fix our own families first. We can work in our own communities first. We can, God help me, make a difference in our own churches. Now, the churches should have been the vanguard. The churches should have held the line. But let's face it, they're run by people too. Fallen people, by that matter. And they messed up as well. But this is an opportunity. This is the opportunity of a lifetime, of a generation. We can step up, but we can make a difference. Don't take no for an answer. Politely push the solution. That is a culture of independence that is easily obtainable right here, right now. That is the only thing that will get us to de facto independence. And once we've obtained de facto independence, it's only a matter of time before we get de jure independence. You've got to remember to put Texas first. You've got to remember to think big picture. You've got to remember to think beyond the current generation. And with that, this has been According to Callus. This has been a Texas Tuesday. It has been episode 572, the 30th of January, 2024. That's right, the year of our Lord, 2024. And who knows how many more we've got left. There's a whole lot of people freaking out about everything that's going on in the world, to which I say all of that can be true, but that changes nothing about what we and you and I can do right here, right now, starting with our own families. And with that, I will see you on the other side.